You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We are the odd couple, and we are filling in for Dan Patrick. This, of course, is The Dan Patrick Show, and we have a great three hours for you today. There's plenty of NFL, plenty of NBA, and Rob Parker even uh, got excited about a little bit of baseball last night. So we will talk about all of this stuff. How about stuff. an intra-squad game I'm watching on television? My yeah, I, I missed that one. Uh, I got to admit, I missed that one. Chris, it was only three inning games. Game. Yes, three <laughs> the Dodgers against the Dodgers. And I was like, what? Okay, we'll get into it. We'll talk about it. But I, I, I got to admit. Not much, what's, much, what's there to say about it? I was Beyond excited. It, okay, you're I was, excited. I, I just I never Fine. watched I never watched the interest in a squad game you know what I mean and got excited I know we're still a few weeks from opening day but my goodness I was like I'm, I've been missing this you know that's I guess that was the feeling I got and yeah. I really realized how much I was missing just watching the game no fans in the stands nothing nothing and it was still all good. right all right well hey good because we all have to get used to no fans in the stands and and just liking the game. For for the purest of reasons, right? Yes. Baseball, f- basketball, All maybe football will be yep. like that too. Um, we got Joel Elliott on the ones and the twos, so uh, he'll be bringing in the music from the break. So that's our man Joel. And um, so Rob, let's get right into it. Uh, Stephen Jackson, who is you know both you and I know well, he's our colleague. Uh, we worked with him at both places, the the former network but also uh, most recently at Fox Sports 1. And a good guy, and he uh, has been in some hot water the last couple of days. And it really, it wasn't, I he jumped in when he didn't really have to. But uh, it starts with Deshaun Jackson, who a couple of days ago put on Instagram a quote that was attributed to Adolf Hitler that just trafficked in stereotypes of Jews. Talking about they run the world, they want to take over the America and things like that. Keep the and black man um, down. The, the yeah, it was stuff, it right. was just yeah, it was a lot of that. And um and he got a lot of pushback for it. Not and, surprisingly. Right. Uh, you're not surprised, are you? No, 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 no. No, not at all. And he apologized. Now, Deshaun, so Deshaun came out and apologized. And and just for the record, and I've stated it before, I think I stated it uh, on our show a couple of days ago, and I stated it maybe even yesterday we're talking with Jason McIntyre on this show, but I'll state it again. I don't think Deshaun Jackson should be cut. In fact, I don't think the, the Philadelphia Eagles can cut him because but- when Riley Cooper – said the N-word, and it, it there's no good way to say it, but he said it, you know, in a very aggressive way. <laughs> I'll fight all you N-words at a country western conference. Right, and he was concert. talking about the security guards because yeah. there was some issue and that he had with one guy, but he just said, in any of y'all N-words yep. out there, I, I'll, I'll fight y'all, kind of. Right. Just uh, It looked like he got, you know, full of himself thinking wasn't weren't really many brothers around or nobody would see it. You know what right. I mean? But anyway, uh, Michael Vick forgave him, and the Philadelphia Eagles didn't cut him. They fined him. And then a year later, they even extended his contract. He played, I think, two more years with the Eagles. 
uh, white wide receiver. So with that being the precedent that the Eagles have set in a similar situation, there, there's no way they can cut him uh, in my book. There's a way, but they don't want to deal with the with, with the, the repercussions. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? Chris, right. There's a, in no this question. current climate and what's going on and what's happened, you notice know you talk about it all the time. The cancel culture, right? Yep. I mean, yep. right? So, yep. so if there was no Riley Cooper, Chris, do you think Deshaun Jackson would still be on the Eagles as a veteran, as an as an aged? A wide receiver. Yeah, that they, and that that would be the question. What I do think they need him as a receiver. I know he's older, but they just drafted. Did they just draft a guy in first round? Yeah, they did. A wide receiver. I'm just saying. No, your under point North, is: look, there would be a yes. great chance of him getting cut. I get where you're going from. Whether all, they cut him all, or not, right? It would be he'd be in major danger of being cut. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, no if, question. In this climate where we are now. Uh, he would have been, and the backlash and the calls of hypocrisy would be so loud, and do the Eagles really want to deal with that? Because to me, Chris, the Eagles painted themselves into this corner, right? Once you do that, you can't say we won't tolerate that in our organization. Right. Had they gotten rid of Riley Cooper, right, and said we won't tolerate that. That's not what we're about that's not how we represent our community and our uniform and the right. city of Philadelphia. Chris, you could you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have a, a leg to stand on if they said the same thing with Deshaun Jackson. Am I correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, it's, a, it's about consistency. Right. And 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 the way they handled Riley Cooper, I mean, I he didn't have any incidents after that that I know of. Hopefully he's, you know, turned his, turned around in that regard. And um, that's fine. And so, but you have to offer the same grace to Deshaun Jackson. And I think Deshaun will learn from this as well. Uh, but Steven Jackson, even after Deshaun apologized, he Steven him. Jackson went on Instagram several times and, and defended it. And I think the crux of this, Rob, because we know Steven, and, and Steve went on CNN finally, last night went on CNN with Don Lemon, and apologized. He said, he, he basically apologized for the words that he used. He's basically saying, I could have used different words. Uh, I, I apologize for using the wrong words, is exactly what he said. Um, and he, he kept saying, you know, I don't hate anybody. Um, I love all that love all. That's kind of his catchphrase. And I, you know, we like I said, we know Steve. I don't think he hates anybody. Um, but I think what the lesson is in this, Rob, and, and we've all, you know, you and I included, we've said things, you know, that are controversial. Um, you know, most people in this business have said something um, at one point or another. But in today's society, especially with social media and everything is such a big deal. People, you have to be careful. Like, know what you're putting out there. Okay? And Deshaun Jackson started it. The, the, obviously, you and I have talked about this. First of all, can we make a rule, don't quote Adolf Hitler? I mean, at, 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 under any circumstances. Right. Uh, uh, Chris, I mean, unless, if you're unless using it the, in a, the yeah, absolute to disparage him or, yeah. Right, to say the absolute worst person in the world. Uh, that would probably be the only thing you could attach to 
to Adolf Hitler's name. Anything else, you're going to be called into question. Right. I, I, it's happened to so many people. And, and here's one other point, Chris, I do want to make. People have to understand this when they talk about freedom of speech and, 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 what, and what, what that really means, Chris. Because I think people are delusional. You can, Chris, say whatever you want. When they talk about freedom of speech, though, and your protections, right, in this country, it's about you saying bad stuff about the government and the government police or the FBI or whatever is not knocking at your door, Chris, and taking you away right. because you right. spoke out against the government, okay? Right. That, that's your protection. But when you work for other people and you represent other people, and I'm talking about companies and corporations, uh, there's pushback. Right. And, and you can be hurt from it. Yes, you can say whatever you want, but that company can also say to you, those are not our values right. and, and we don't appreciate them and we don't uh, respect them and we're not going to tolerate it. And you could be fired or cut or whatever terms you want to use. Right. You can so, say it. You're not going to jail, right. but you may, you're going to, there could be repercussions. There could A be. A job or whatever. Now, now Stephen, and, and we talked about, look, he's got his tremendous podcast, All the Smoke. It's on Matt Showtime. on Showtime. He said yesterday, he didn't mention Showtime or anything, and he's not with ESPN. He left ESPN. We'll see, you know, does, is he still doing stuff for Fox or we not? We don't know that, right. Yeah, but and, and that's even before this. Just, you know, he hasn't done much for Fox lately anyway before this. But, but with Showtime, was there pushback? Now, Stephen said yesterday... I'm not apologizing for a job or, you know, anything like that. So he he kind of implied that he said, yeah, it's not for a job. You I don't work that? for anybody. Well, I, I'll buy it in this sense. He should, sure. after all his years in the league, and I know he never was a max contract guy or anything, but he should have made enough money. And then, of course, he did years of TV making decent money. Uh, he should have enough money where he doesn't have to work for anybody. So if if he did lose the gig at Showtime, uh he should still have enough money where he can, you know, like he said, he don't have to work I, for anybody. I, but I now, but I just think I don't know as you what, as you move forward though in life, you just don't I'm just saying you don't want to put yourself out there where uh nobody will mess with you. I'm right. just saying that, right. that that that's it. Well, there are those and if you didn't he's lost to, his credibility cuz remember he he became really prominent in the whole aftermath of the George Floyd murder. Yes. Because they were great friends. I know they, they say were, brothers, but Right, but they great looked friends. like twins too. Yeah, they, they called them twins. Yeah, they right. looked like each other. And um and he did some great work with that. And that is, you know, that is what a lot of people were lamenting. Did he lose all his credibility that because, he had earned from that? Right. And that's what we're we got, saying. We always right. say, Chris, Either, either what are we for? Are we for equality and not being painted with a broad brush or a whole group right. of people? That's what happens to us, right. to black people all the time, right? Yep. Somebody does something bad, and it's all black people. Yeah. So we can't do that if if we're going to be real about it and we want to be treated uh, equally and fairly, and that's what we're looking for, equality, then we can't do that to the Jews or we can't do that right. to the Italians and we can't do that to the Asian people. We can't. Right. Absolutely. And and 
And like you're absolutely right. And and also as we said, just no, like I don't know. It almost comes off like Stephen didn't know what he was even defending. You know, because he like one of the things he said was Deshaun was speaking the truth. Okay, Deshaun. First of all, in in quoting Adolf Hitler, it was a fake quote. Like the quote wasn't even; it was fabricated. Right. So it's it like wasn't propaganda even from Adolf was right. Hitler. Yeah, it was propaganda. So even that is no. He was. We know he wasn't speaking the truth. But even the very quote he was putting up was a fake quote. It's not real. No, you gotta look at what you're putting out there before you put it out. You know, before you defend it. And all of this now, Deshaun and Steven have caught all of this flack. And whether or not they've lost credibility with people, we'll see. Deshaun obviously in, in for a, a serious fine. Uh, and, and, and Steven may have hurt some of his credibility. For what? For something that wasn't even accurate. It's not even right, exactly. You know? And so it's just a lesson in, and it can be a lesson for a lot of people. Be careful what you put out there. And, you know, that that's really all it is. And I, and I don't think that Deshaun and Steven are anti-Semitic or, or anything like that. I think they were trying to, you know, I said it on our show, Rob. I think Deshaun Jackson was trying to make a point. I think the main point he was trying to make was about African-Americans being descendants of the biblical Jews. I said that's a prominent thought among a lot of African-Americans. Which is fine, Chris. You can right. make that point Use without bringing up. a better source. Right. <laughs> and, and, but, but Use also, a real source. Also, you, know? you don't need to add uh, Hitler involved. Right. That's what I'm, what I'm saying. saying. Like, you right. can do that. Yes. With, make your case, if that's what you want to make, without quoting freaking Adolf Hitler. Oh. You know, so... That that's kind of the lesson in this. Like, know what you're putting out there. And uh that's that's where it is. So hopefully, you know, guys learn their lesson and um can move on from this and um be the better for it. All right, should Lamar Jackson get paid like Patrick Mahomes did? We'll Uh-oh. debate that. You know, next I got a statement on but the I'm Dan hold Patrick it. show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, this is the iCouple, Chris Broussard and Rob Parker in for Dan Patrick on the Dan Patrick Show. And Rob, let's uh, go to the NFL. Not Pat Mahomes, well, kind of Pat Mahomes, I guess. But uh, he's not the guy whose quote we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Mahomes. And Randy Moss. Randy Moss, one of the greatest wide receivers in the history of football. I had without the pleasure question. of uh, when I worked in Detroit, Chris, of, you know, he played for the Vikings. Right. And to watch him play twice a year against the Lions. And he used to crush the Lions like he did most teams. But, boy, man, he was awesome, watching man. that guy. He was. It, it was. it was a pleasure. He was one of those, you know, Chris, we all, we've covered a lot of sports, a lot of people. And there aren't that many athletes that that a sports writer would pay to see play. Do <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Right, he right. he was one of those guys. If you ask me, would you buy a ticket to go see Randy Moss catch the football? Absolutely. Yeah, he was a freak. And and all all of the professional athletes essentially are freaks. But when you're a freak among the freaks, you know, that's saying something. 
I mean, that's how freakish his athleticism was, that he was on a level by himself among the greatest athletes in the world. So no doubt he was great. And, of course, he played, Rob, with Tom Brady on a team that went 17-0 and then, of course, lost in the Super Bowl to the New York Giants. What they, I thought they Had were 18-0. They won, 18-0. 18 with 18 right. and 0, and then right. yeah, eight so right. ended up 18 and 1, right? Because they were 16 and 0 during the regular season, yep. and then You're they right. got to the Super Bowl. 18 and 0, and then they lost, right? To the it, it, had they won, there's no doubt they would be regarded as the greatest team in NFL history. Chris, they were blowing Don't you people think? out of the water. Oh, it was, if you it go was look crazy. at that regular season, they were scoring 35 points a game. I mean, it was yeah, it was a video game. Yeah, it was a video game. Tom I'm gonna Brady be honest with year. you, with you, Rob. Uh, and I'm not trying to get in a big Brady discussion, but it was that year that I really started thinking, you know what? Tom Brady might be the GOAT. Because at that point, he had, what, three Super Bowls. And, you know, he had never had really great receivers. He was winning, but, you know, his numbers were good, but nothing crazy. And, he, you know, he didn't have great receivers. And then I was like, wow, you give him, like, a really great receiver, a Hall of Fame-type receiver, and he was putting up incredible numbers. You know, I think he had 50 TDs that year. Like, it was crazy. And that's when I start thinking, okay, this guy might be or become the GOAT. Uh, so that was a, a big, obviously, connection with Randy Moss and Tom Brady. But that's what makes what Moss said yesterday on uh, ESPN even, you know, more powerful. He said this on ESPN's Get Up. Here's his quote. When you look at a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, and like I said, being able to extend the play, I'm a deep threat guy. And having that type of speed on the field, for him to be able to extend plays, we possibly could be looking at the greatest quarterback of all time. No disrespect to Tom Brady and what he's been able to accomplish. His Super Bowl rings speak volumes, but when you look at the position and how the position in the game is changing year after year, we could po- we could be possibly seeing the greatest quarterback that we've witnessed. And you you know, Rob, for me, welcome welcome to the to the to the train, Randy, because I've been saying this. Not that he is the greatest, because he's got a long way to go, and he's got a lot left that he has to accomplish. Mainly winning Super Bowls and still putting up the great individual numbers. But I've been out there for a while after his first year and said, this guy could be the GOAT. He's got GOAT potential. And so I'm fine with what Randy said. Where are you at? I just think it's premature. We, we, and I get it. People need, we got uh, three hours to kill. People need to put content out. And it's easy to be looking at the here and now. And, and I'm, not, I'm not here to bash Patrick Mahomes or say he's not on some uh, meteoric rise and, and his career is off to a great start, two years in the league, an MVP and a Super Bowl championship. But but I just, I'm always pumped to breaks. It's such a long way to go. So many different factors. He went from uh, 50 touchdowns his first year to, uh, was it 26 or 28 last year in the regular season? Well, he season? was hurt. Know, he missed three yeah, games. Yeah, but I know he missed a couple of games, but still it was down, and it wasn't. He, they won a game in Detroit this past 
uh, regular season where he didn't even throw any touchdowns. Wow. So, uh, Mounty, One game with no well, touchdowns? But I'm just saying, How my dare point he? was, and if you watch the first three quarters of the Super Bowl, you wouldn't be saying this stuff that you're saying. My point is. I wouldn't, I've heard, wouldn't be saying what? About if, if they lost that game. That he game could be the GOAT? Played, Yes, if he would have lost the I Super would still Bowl, even though he would have got there, you would have said that after. What the goat hasn't yeah. had a bad game? I'm, not, I'm asking you, would that be your conversation? Yes, because my conversation they lost, was this before they even got to the Super Bowl. Had had they lost and he yes. played as poor as he did the first three quarters, say they lost the game, you would be out here saying he's the greatest thing we've ever seen, and he's going to be the first greatest of all. I'm not out here now saying he's the greatest thing we've ever I, seen. I just think I'm out I, here I, saying he's got goat potential, and yes. If they had lost that Super Bowl, I still would say he's got GOAT potential. I just would love, uh, and, and, and I always use this whether it, it applies or not. I just remember Ron Jaworski was an NFL quarterback for a long time, respected NFL analyst who went out on the limb and told everybody that Colin Kaepernick had the chance to be the greatest quarterback who ever played the game. And I remember the playoff game against the Green, Pack, Green Bay Packers. And I remember uh, the, the, the spark and the charge and how different he was and the stories about how he changed the quarterback position and you couldn't defend him and, and all that other stuff. And things happened. And, and it, didn't, it didn't wind up working out. I'm not rooting against Patrick Mahomes. I just think the road is so long. And the other part is... The idea that whether – I think Joe Montana's the GOAT, but if people who want to pick Tom Brady, the, 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 uh, the goal or the, uh, plat, the plateau is so high, and it ain't just about winning Super Bowls, okay? Right. It's not. But, the, but the, if you go use Brady as your standard, nine trips to the Super Bowl, six wins, uh, MVP, some of the other seasons and stuff that he's done – it, it just looks like it's insurmountable to me that Patrick Mahomes, uh, 12 years later, is going to have six Super Bowls or maybe four and no losses and the team's going to stay together and everything's going to work out because I saw Tom Brady in all his glory go 10 years without winning a Super Bowl. 10 years. Go look it up. People act like it was uh, he won all, all of his Super Bowls in nine or 10 years. There was He went to the Super Bowl, Chris, but he lost. And he lost to Eli Manning a couple times. And when I look at the landscape of all these young uh, quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson and all the other guys, Tua down in Miami who people are excited about, and all these uh, young guys out there who are, who are coming up, I don't think it's going to be that easy just to say he's going to win every year and it's, it's a layup. I, I think there's going to be pushback from other guys. So I'm just not in that camp. As great as his start is and as much respect as I have for Patrick Mahomes, I've always been a guy to let it breathe, open up the bottle of wine, let it breathe a little bit. Rob, in 2012, you said Tom Brady was done winning Super Bowls. That was premature. No, it wasn't premature. That was premature. No, it, it was wasn't. premature and it was wrong. He got lucky the last couple lucky of years. They That's won why he's three the low. Super Bowl since That's then. why he's the low. Go All look. of them were luck stops. The last Super just Bowl stop. he won. I'm just yes. saying, kill Can that I give premature. You my li- Can I premature. Can I finish? You just went off for seven minutes. You, I'm, I'm trying just saying, to give good don't content. Give me the premature mess, all right? Because you, you were premature on Tom Brady. This is not premature. It be what would be premature is to say that he's the goat. 
that would be not only premature, that would be ridiculous to say Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. But to say he's got the potential, it's not premature. He does. And to compare Colin Kaepernick, as, as much I'm as I believe Colin Kaepernick, I'm as going much as off I believe Colin Kaepernick should be in the league, I'm going to off compare the quote. Colin, I'm going off Colin the quote. Kaepernick on his best day was not a three-quarters of the quarterback that Patrick Mahomes is. On his best day. No, you're missing the point, Chris. No, I, I yes, got you your are. point. Let it's me about comment. Ron Jaworski. You might sound like Ron Jaworski when it's all over. I That's got, my point. Rob, you're going your to point. be Ron Jaworski. I you know, because be. it's totally different. Because Patrick Mahomes has an MVP. Colin Kaepernick didn't get close to an MVP. Patrick Mahomes has a Super Bowl ring. Colin Kaepernick didn't get close to a Super Bowl. Chris, you said close, it before he won the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. You said it before that. But he's You he said looked, it before that. You, do you watch the games or do yes. you just read the stories? I watched the games. Watch Patrick Mahomes. I That's also, why he's got GOAT potential. It's the what he does, the way he plays, the way he throws the football. That's what it is. It's not about... That, anybody looking at him and looking at Colin Kaepernick sees the difference. Chris, my point is simple. I remember the talk about RG3 after his rookie year. I, I remember Dan Marino. Uh, uh, I was, I Dan remember Marino. Patrick Chris, already done something no, Dan Marino hasn't. No, He's I'm talking about, no, my point is, Dan Marino in his second year when he had that unbelievable year and got the Dolphins to the Super Bowl, the sky was the limit. They were talking about Dan Marino possibly being the greatest quarterback of all time. He never got back to the Super Bowl. That's my point. It's premature. That's all. It's it doesn't not mean premature. that it couldn't happen. What was premature if he never was gets to another Super Bowl, he's going to be in the GOAT conversation. Get to a Super Bowl. What? If he doesn't, if he doesn't get to another Super Bowl, would it be premature? He'd still be the GOAT? No, it won't be premature. For somebody to say when LeBron James was in high school, that he could be the greatest player we've ever seen. And people were saying that. It was not premature. He didn't go on in our eyes to do it. We can but name it still other was players not premature that that to say he out. had that potential. Yeah, because some guys it shouldn't be thrown out. And others it should. I, like I've said it. Once or twice a generation, there comes along a player in all the sports that's got GOAT potential. That's all we're saying. Potential. As great as Kevin Durant is, nobody's ever said he had GOAT potential. That's the difference. Potential. That's all we're saying. Let's bring in our man, speaking of Kevin Durant, a reporter who knows Durant very well, good friend of ours, Michael Lee, the senior NBA writer for The Athletic. What's up, Yo. brother? Hey, what's up, fellas? I'm sorry I interrupted this, man. I was enjoying that. I wanted to jump in myself. I was like, hold on, hold on, let me in. It's like, you, you know, are... double dutch, you know. I was like ready to hop in. Like, hey, I was like, hey, okay. If hey, you want to hop in, go ahead. Rob's saying it's premature to say that Pat Mahomes has GOAT potential. That's Nobody's saying Some, he's the GOAT. I'll I, I, I just say think? this. Some things you, you, you know the moment you see it. Thank you. You don't really, Some things you know the moment you see it. All and you, I'm you telling can, you, you is any 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 anything can go another route. I mean, you know, you can get injured, you can have a number of things happen, but nobody does this in their resume this quickly without you it being obvious that this is special. Like there this is go. special. 
All I'm telling you is in the NFL, can our guests and you, speak and you my, just Rob? mentioned it, there's just so <laughs> much stuff that can happen. A team, Andy Reid retires, guys get hurt. There's just of so course. much. All I'm saying is way too premature. That, that's all. Michael, let, let's get to your specialty, the NBA. First of all, are you going <laughs> down to the bubble? I or am staying far away from that. I, I ain't mad at you. So are you I reporting from I, via what? Uh, uh, TV and how are you going to yeah, the, cover the, the NBA? Zoom calls. Yeah. You know, uh, I guess Zoom calls or whatever other uh, mechanisms, you know, to talk to family members and <clears throat> people associated with players. Because um, it, it, I mean, I'm not sure if it's going to be a lot of interest in the games. I'm not even sure that would be that good. But I think that there'll still be human interest stories that could be told that don't necessarily require um, the access that you wouldn't be getting even if you were down there. So I don't want to get into a whole thing about the access that we'll have as media members. But I don't know if, if it's safer or better to do it down there in the bubble or from from your couch. Mike. Kawhi Leonard um, is did not travel with the team to Orlando. He'll be there in a few days. Got a family matter, which I I, I t- totally believe is legitimate. But do you have any you, the athletic? Just you know, uh, Jovan Buha wrote a story, just throwing out questions like you know, could this you know is the knee fully healthy or is he fully healthy? Will he load manage? Do you have any concerns about like we've kind of assumed? Look, four months off. Kawhi's going to come back, you know, and be able to play every night and totally be fine. Do you have any concerns about his health? Because obviously without him, the Clippers don't have a chance to win it. I'm concerned about everybody who steps on the court right now in this situation. Um, just because that uh, a four-month layoff between basketball to go from that to highly intense basketball, that I see a lot of potential for, for risk. And, I, 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 you know, anybody who decides to go or doesn't decide to go, I don't, you know, Smirch them. I, I feel like that's that's what you need to do for yourself. But I think that this is a highly risky situation, and that's just beyond the whole coronavirus situation, which is already risky with it itself. But having this long a break between basketball to then have eight warm up games and then go directly into the playoffs, which as you know, everybody on this on this um, call knows that is the most intense level of basketball you could possibly play. And can you imagine just going like in a normal situation, going from the preseason to the playoffs? That's what's right. essentially happening right now. And so the risk right, the risk factors, if you have any kind of health, any kind of lingering health issues, this could be something that, you know, the league's worst nightmare could actually unfold where guys get seriously injured because this, the playoffs are intense. I mean, right. think about Kevin Durant last year going straight from not playing for seven, eight weeks to playing a highly intense game, ruptures his Achilles right there and after playing 12 minutes. I mean, I'm not – I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying that when you go this long without playing competitive basketball, five and five basketball, jump right into the intensity. I think everybody should be a little concerned and just hope that guys can survive without anything major happening. Does LeBron is LeBron have the most to lose if the Lakers don't win? From the standpoint that you know next year's year 18, they were rolling this year the, the Lakers and playing well with Anthony Davis and the team they had up. And you just don't know as you go year to year this late in somebody's career. But to me, this represents the best last chance for him to win. And if they don't win uh, the title, it might be his, his uh, last chance. Do you look at it that way for a guy, you know, approaching year 18? I don't know if this is his last chance to win a title, but I think it's, it's probably like his best chance to win while he's playing at this level. 
And I think that's the one thing that, you know, I think a lot of the Lakers and, uh, you know, people in the organization, they didn't want to miss out on this opportunity because you don't get to play, be one of the top three players in the game or whatever you want to rank him, you know, at 30, 35, 36 years old. That just doesn't happen. And he's there and he has an opportunity to get a, a championship. So I think that he has to get it right now because um, it's such a great opportunity. He's got an awesome team. He's playing with Anthony Davis, who's in his prime, who's capable of carrying him to possibly more championships, not just this one. That's why I feel like even if he doesn't win this year, if AD stays there and, and LeBron, you know, if he takes a little notch down as a player, he'll still have a chance to win. I mean, Kareem but, took but a notch down as a player, but Magic carried him. But don't you think that there are other things uh, that, that factor in as well? The Warriors will get healthy. There's more competition. Brooklyn will have two stars, and they'll be healthy. These guys are younger. The Clippers have two stars that are much younger. Do you know so – that's why I say this year where, where the Warriors are down and Brooklyn's down and, and you just have the Clippers kind of, Clippers and Bucks. I think it only gets harder as you go on, not, not easier. No, I didn't say it get easier. I'm just saying that I'm also factoring in the fact that Anthony Davis is entering the prime of his career, and I think he's capable of doing things beyond this season. And if LeBron is attached to him going forward, even if he takes a little decline, like a, if a rapid decline, I think you can still find talent around those two guys and still win. But I feel like for LeBron to play at this level where he could be the engineer of a champion, like the leader, the, the finals MVP caliber type player, I think this is his last best chance to do that for sure. Mike, in Washington, Bradley Beal, of course, not going down to play in the bubble. A lot of teams interested in him. Brooklyn would like to get him. The Lakers would like to get him. I think it's going to be difficult to make a trade for him. What do you see kind of with the future for Bradley Beal? Well, I mean, it's one of those situations where he doesn't want to leave and the Wizards don't want to let him go. And I think that the fact that they don't want him to play in these eight games and they came up with the shoulder injury. I'm not saying it's not real, but I, I don't know if it's that what? serious. Wait so a minute. You're saying, what are you accusing them of? <laughs> False medical records? What are you saying, Michael? What? That, that's no. not true? You see what well, I, I, I deal I'm with, Mike, every night? <laughs> I, I'm, 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 saying, I'm saying that, you know, yeah, I do, I do. But I, I'm, I'm saying that, like, I'm, I'm sure that if, if the Wizards had a legitimate chance of making the playoffs, they weren't six games out with eight games ago. I think that he probably would be out there competing no matter what situation his, his shoulder is because he played all those games uh, to average 30 points a game this season. So I think that that was sort of <clears throat> the, the, um, an agreement that the Wizards and him he made, you know, so that they could move forward. And, um, and they, they know that they're on the same page with each other. Like they support him wholeheartedly in, um, in this effort to not go down there and play. And I think that sort of, um, you know, symmetry between player and team is indicative of the relationship that they have and why they don't want to let him go and why he's not interested in leaving right now because he's in a situation where the organization is going to do whatever it can to protect his interests and his well-being. And I think that was a message to him and also to other players down the road that the Wizards are a player-friendly organization and we will take care of you. And I think in the past that hasn't always been the case. But I think that with Brad sort of setting the tone now in the culture that's going to be in place there, um, you can see that him leaving or him being plucked away it would be very difficult. And the only way they'll know for sure what they have is when John Wall comes back and to see what they can do with them together. <clears throat> if it looks like there's no hope with John Wall being back and he's not anything close to what he once was, I think then you, then you talk about that. But right now <clears throat> it's totally premature because I know Brad loves being in D.C. He doesn't want to leave. <clears throat> and I think that's one of the things that's sort of overlooked with a lot of these this player movement. Right. A lot of guys feel like, oh, man, I can't get it done here. I got to go. 
Brad's like, why do I have to be the one to leave in this situation? Why would I have to be the one? Why wouldn't we just get rid of everybody else and, and keep building around right. me? And I think that's that's the attitude that he has. Well, Mike, quickly, because we, we got to run it. We got about 30 seconds max. There's been talk about DeMarcus Cousins. Could you see the Wizards trying to bring him in as a part of a big three with Wall and Bradley? Well, considering their relationship, and that's something that he and John want to do for since they left Kentucky, I, I could easily see that happening. And knowing that the relationship that that he and John have, I, I mean, I know that's something that he would want to do. He's he's long wanted to play with John, and he's long wanted to play in D.C. One thing a lot of people don't know is before he was even drafted, he worked out in D.C. That's where he spent his summers, and so he loves that area. And you know, he and John are like, you know, thinking, thing. you know, they're they're right there. They're, they're, yeah. All right, that's hey, our man Michael, Mike Lee, you. senior NBA writer for the and Athletic. Stay out of our NFL talk, all right? Keep the basketball. <laughs> no, Mike, you were right on the money. You all were right. right on the money with that. Way to shut the all old right. man down. <laughs> all right, Mike. Peace, hey, it, brother. It, it, how, do you know, how do you know she's the one? You just know. All right. right. Thank that's you. why there I'm divorced. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. Peace, brother. All right, take care. Yep. Is it easier to score in today's NBA than ever before? Find out next on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, Joe Elliott on the ones and twos, bringing it. It's the I couple in for Dan Patrick. I can picture a young Rob Parker. Because, see, that song is your heyday. I can picture a young Rob Parker out there, pleated baggy pants, couple parts in his hair, flat top. You already know the parts in the hair is true. (laughs) That's him now. No doubt about it. You, just, you saw on Instagram that picture of me and Nancy Lieberman, me schooling her, putting some bu- putting some Was buckets that when up. You, the one you sent me? Yeah, I didn't see it on Instagram. I didn't see Nancy Lieberman. I got to look at that. I saw the picture you sent me. Yeah, yeah. You can't see it because I'm dominating her, going yeah, right, over her right. to score Didn't the she basket. She beat you eleven to one. She, no, it wasn't one. But that she was your only me. basket. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, I scored the first two baskets of the game, and it was funny. Real quick, Chris was one of my. I was on the radio at WDFN in Detroit. And we broadcast the, the, the game against me and Nancy. It was like a whole big deal. <laughs> and one of the hosts, Jamie Samuelson, who was an update guy, he bet me $20 that I wouldn't score against her. That was, that was the bet. He said, you won't even score. Wow. So I scored the first basket of the game, Chris, looked to the referee, called timeout, and went over to Jamie Samuelson and put out my hand and said, give me my $20. <laughs> like, I'm not going to score. Really? That was a win for you. Yes. But a Hall of uh, Famer, Parker? Nancy, was great. Yes. Yeah, she could ball. There's no uh, doubt about that. She's a Hall that. of Famer. Great, yes, great yes, person. Yes. All right. But uh, speaking of a Hall of Famer, Kenny Smith, not a Hall of Famer, uh, but it was a very good player. Won two championships with the Houston Rockets and played a critical role in those championships. And even more so, he's really established himself, Rob, in his post-playing career as a great broadcaster on uh, TNT with with Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley and now Shaq. I mean, it's Kenny's been great. You know, he's had a tremendous post-playing career. Uh, and he said something. He was on a podcast recently. He's had a lot of things. But one thing he said is, and I, this is not even where we're going, but he said, in his all-time top 10 players, Kobe Bryant is in the, in the top 10. 
and LeBron James is number 10. He didn't really name the full 10. I I think Oscar's in there, Larry Bird, Magic, Jordan, of course. But one thing Kenny said, and this was part of his reasoning for those guys not being ranked higher, was that he said it's so easy to score in today's NBA. And he had a couple years, two years where he averaged 17 points a game, one with the Sacramento Kings, one with the Houston Rockets. And he said the year with the Kings when he averaged 17, he said in today's NBA that would have been about 25 or 26 points a game. And so he's saying these guys, the numbers, James Harden and, and, and Steph Curry and all these guys that are putting up these crazy numbers, be careful. I guess he's even including LeBron James because LeBron's numbers are astronomical. He's saying, be careful. The defense is lax. The court is spread. The three-point line is so much more prominent. And they're putting up 10 shot, 10 threes a game, some guys. Some guys even more. Harden's like 11, 12, 13 threes a game. And he's saying, so, so back up on these numbers. And, and where you feel, what do you think about that? Is this a, a legitimate point Kenny's making? Or do you think he's kind of out there? No, I don't think he's out there. I think there's a different style of game. And, and when, you, when you look at other people and you look at numbers, uh, you know, when you look at even Chris, the big O, when he averaged a triple-double. Right. With no three-point shot. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, right. like there's right. a difference. You don't think – I think that that's a legitimate – that he was able to do that without the three-ball. I mean, so, so the way that they defend and the way that they play. We all saw the Michael Jordan, right, uh, a documentary, Chris – did you see the way Michael Jordan was treated by the Pistons and the Knicks in the paint? Did you see flagrant fouls? Did you see right. where they couldn't touch right. him? I mean, these are reality, right? right? I don't think that Kenny Smith is ridiculous or it sounds like, hey, you kids, get off my lawn, guy. Right. I don't. Right. It's a different game. That's all. No, it, it, it is easier to score. Let's just face it. it. It's easier to score, especially for guards, because there is no hand checking and there really aren't that many rim protectors. And the floor is spread out, so you beat your one man at the perimeter. You know, you can get to the lane, and you're not going to have the type of attention you had in the paint that Jordan had. Jordan would get, not just Jordan, Dr. J, any of the guys in that 80s and 90s. When you got to the rim, you had to know how to finish over and around six or seven guys. It was incredible. And now... One or two guys are in the paint. I'm not taking anything away from these guys because Steph Curry's an all-time great, Harden, all these guys. But it is easier to score. Kenny was right about that. All right, keep it locked. Chris and Rob, 